Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello. Welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rossi, and with me this two week are two fantastic co-hosts, both of whom would do horrible things to possible romantic interests in video games. Uh, first up, because I don't introduce him first all that much, uh, it's Mitch. Hi, Mitch. Hi. That's it. Say hi. Yep. hi. What are you been up to this week? You, you ready for Antorus? You, you all chomping at the bit? Ready for Antorus? Yes. Um, I mean, this past week was Thanksgiving in the States, so I didn't do a whole lot of gaming. No, I, uh, I just ate some turkey. I did. I don't eat meat. Remember, man? No, actually, I didn't remember that. Oh, okay. With you, it's hard so you to ate tell. a lot of sides. I ate a lot of pies. Um, but my raid team did. We were pushing four ahead of the curve on Kill Jaden. Um, and we had the lockout from one or two lockouts ago. We kept extending it because we wanted to get it before in Taurus. Um, we added a raid night. Got him on Sunday night after like an hour and a half of polling, which was awesome. But because it was an extra night, there were people out. So we ended up trying again last night because those people could make it last night and we got it again. So happy ending for everybody that, you know, we all got ahead of the curve and now we're ready for a tourist. That was really cool. Yay. That's cool. That's a good story. Thank you. I, I mean it, but it doesn't sound like I do. That's the, that's the <laughs> voice I take when I talk to you. I feel bad now. Okay. Also with us this week, she writes everything, does everything, is like some kind of omnipotent goddess in the sky. Uh, Anne Sickney. Anne, what have you been up to this week? Hi. Um, let's see. I got my monk to level 110 finally on Saturday. And now she's I level 872 because that was easy. <laughs> uh, you know, okay. So I haven't actually ever leveled a monk to max level before. This was my first one. Um, I I played them. I mean, I played them back in Miss of Pandaria. And, and I played them in every game since. But... I'd always play like the starting zone in the Wandering Isle because I liked that. And um, that's why I would play the monk is because I needed to play through the Wandering Isle starting zone because I either needed screenshots for something or I just felt like, you know, messing around on the back of the turtle. So I hadn't actually leveled a monk all the way to the max level. Um, the class hall campaign for monks is eh, it's, it's there. It's okay. It's not the best it's not the worst That's however sort of my impression from never really hearing about it however the monk class hall it's not just the temple of five dawns there on the wandering isle it's not just the temple it's the whole island oh like, yeah you can wander over the the only place that you can't go is the little place where all the dead pandas go or excuse me all the pandas go to die and they put the staff in the ground and it makes a tree you can't go into that area because i'm assuming it's a sacred area or whatever um i was kind of mad about that because my monk is a pandarin and i wanted to kind of go in there and like say hello to the dude that 
kicked it when I left the island way back at the beginning of my leveling journey, right? Um, can't do that though. It's closed off. I understand why. They probably don't want strangers tromping around in there. Not, not like a bad thing or anything, but I'm looking at this and I'm wandering around the wandering aisle and going, man, I don't think I ever really felt bad about my little sewer home, like rogue sewer home until now. <laughs> like now is when I feel it. Like I really feel it because the rogue one is very compact. It's very small. It's one half of the underbelly. It's not even half of the underbelly. It's like one little section of the underbelly is that's the rogue area. And then you go to the monk class hall and it's like the whole gorgeous island, the entire thing. Go wander around. All the little animals and critters and things won't attack you because they're all low level. You could go all over the place. Doesn't matter. Take a journey. Yeah, it's and great. That was, I, I delayed putting my monk or delayed leveling my monk for a while. Um, not for any particular reason, but the main reason that I wanted to level my monk for so long was because I knew that it was the whole island and that sort of thing where you like content is locked off after a beginning experience. Like when I found out you could go back there, I was super freaking happy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just. I think that's really cool that they did that. It's really cool, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm happy on my monk, but when I log on to my rogue, I'm like, man, <laughs> what the heck? And then the other thing that I did over the weekend, um, not only did I hit 110, but I also did all of the uh, the Broken Shore stuff so that I could get the class hall mount. Okay, oh, yeah. the monk class hall mount is the best class hall mount, period. I'm sorry. You when you summon that mount, it talks to you. It says, hey, oh, Grandmaster, right. it's nice to see you again. <laughs> when you put it away and get off of the mount, it says, I'll see you later. Like, it talks to you. <laughs> I always forget that that's a thing with that And mount. it has a personality. And, and the whole story for the class hall mount made me miss Pandaria so much. Because the whole thing was a very Mist of Pandaria type story, <laughs> fable type thing. Where, you know, you mist go, of Pandaria? Mists of Pandaria. Because you missed it. Oh, shut up. Anyway, <laughs> but it was like this, this, this charming little story that wasn't like too involved or anything, but it reminded me of all the little, the little fables and things that we heard from Pandaria when we first went through. And then the end of it, there's like this sweeping camera shot. And I don't know if this was a Taryn Gregory thing, but if it was, it was really cool. It was a sweeping camera shot with this like shower of cherry blossoms and then it kind of like zoomed out and you were like way up in the sky watching your character ride the little tiger all the way up to the top of the Temple of Five Dawns and everybody wow. was cheering and yeah. I'm like, this is, this is the coolest thing ever. The priest one, the bird just kind of like flies down from the top of the temple. I know, right? And then like the hunter one, the hunter one was okay, but it wasn't like... I've actually only done the priest one. And the raven one was like, eh. And I mean, I've done I've done a lot of them. I've done a lot of them. Uh the druid the druid flight form one, that one was kinda interesting. I, I like that one. But the monk one, man, I really, really loved Look, that monk class mount. I'm just gonna say this. Did you punch anything unconscious? I did not. And it's, um well I'm, no wait. I'm still I stuck take on that the one back. that I got. I take that back because I did do a lot of punching because I was playing a monk and I had to do a lot of so there was a lot of hosen that I punched. You didn't punch them. The you didn't punch the mount unconscious. No. See, the warrior actually knocks the mount out before they get on it. See, so. and that it, one sounds highly entertaining. I'd be okay yeah. with that one, but that one, I, I swear I to seriously, God, I'm never going to get over the feeling that I'm Odin's Pokemon. I really <laughs> never, never going to get over it. Champion. I choose you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> now I have to fight what? Okay. And now, here's your reward. Here's yes. another thing you have to fight. Wait a minute. Yeah, you just did a thing. This is the reward. Yes, now fight it. Or you'll learn fly. Uh, <laughs> Look, uh, mortal. At least I'm not shoving you in a Pokeball. Anyway, <laughs> yes. that's what the class halls are. They're just they're giant <laughs> Pokeballs. Oh, I man. What if that's the Pokeballs look like on the inside? They're the Pokeballs of the Pantheon. <laughs> <laughs> that's an expansion title well, there we go that actually segues us into top stories relatively well because this week uh in world of warcraft Antorus is going live it's live right now as we're recording this uh if you're listening to this live you're it, it's live now and if you're listening to it in two days it went live two days ago um but yeah Antorus this week boom uh which basically means that legion is effectively over in terms of new content, uh, we don't know if there'll be any more before 
uh, Battle for Azeroth. But. Well, I know that they're going to have, they said that there was going to be a 735, didn't they? Yeah, but they didn't say what it was going to be exactly. We don't know if there'll be any content to it, oh. if it'll just be a or whatever. Well, I thought that they well, said that, that the, the 735... the time walking, um, yeah, and the and level zone scaling, stuff The like level that. scaling and things like that. Like, they were incorporating some of the stuff that they were talking about at BlizzCon in 735. So it's not like the end of all content or whatever. There will still well, be stuff to do, but I think the main story of the expansion is over now. I think it's... It might even... Like, I don't know if there's more PvE stuff coming in terms of, no, like... No, I don't think Beyond so. the PvE story from Antorus. Unless they do a one-off, one boss raid thing like they did with what wrath and i think the fact that they're making the fact that they're making old war time walking at the time that they're making it a time walking implies they might do something but we don't know yet they don't want to say anything one way or the other just that it's happening and that they're going to be doing the scaling for one to 60 content which is and keep cool it, keep in mind too that that's not the pre-patch for 8.0 no. that's just oh, no. a thing it's just I a think thing. that they've spaced things out pretty well so far this expansion like I've been impressed with it now if we are sitting here one year from today and we don't have battle for Azeroth yet then I will find a hat and eat it but like I gotta be upfront with you the fact that we know when the release date for um, before the storm is mm-hmm. implies to me that we know roughly when we're going to get the next expansion. Yeah, which isn't too yeah. far off. Yeah, I think it's it within got a... pushed back to June, a, but still. Yeah, that's still I think not it'll too be far off. No, no, not at all. I mean, considering that's like yeah. six months. Considering when the Illidan book came out, and then when we got Legion, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at you know, a month or two lag time there. So we're, if we're talking July, August for the next expansion. That seems reasonable to me in terms of I turnaround agree. time. Uh, but we'll see what happens when we get there. I'm okay with that. I would be, that's the only thing, that is the only thing I think that would push Legion a little bit ahead of Mists of Pandaria in my eyes as far as my opinion, which expansion I like better. Because Mists of Pandaria was absolutely perfect until they had that stumbling block where we had the one year of nothing (laughs) at the end of it. Like, up until that point, it had been fantastic and I'd been enjoying it quite a lot. But then we had that lull and we we've had that lull that's been like a plague that's haunted world of warcraft for quite some time now i would love to see it where it's like okay we've managed to whittle down that year to a much more reasonable six months seven months whatever you know cut some time off of it i don't know well i do think that one of the things they've done really well in this expansion and i i do actually want to talk a little bit about antorus itself although i don't want to do spoilers uh one of the things that i think they've done really well is that they've staggered the releases of content so that when a patch comes out they don't necessarily drop the raid right away um they've done that really well yeah Uh, this this is an example this antorus isn't a 732 or 731 or anything like that it's just it came in with with 73 and then they didn't release it immediately. They gave us time to go through Argus. They gave us time to do other stuff before they actually released the raid. And they're basically, they've been doing that all expansion. And it's worked pretty well. And it's, I think this is a case of them learning from, from Mists. Because Mists had that one problem. That they put up content really fast and then they didn't do any staggering at all. I so, like how we're talking about them learning from Mists and we're not talking about Warlords of Draenor like, at all. <laughs> like we just aren't talking about it. Like. We're just going to pretend that one didn't exist. <laughs> well, I do think that they did learn from Warlords, if you want to be, like... There were a lot it. of lessons to be learned from Warlords. That's what I will say about that Warlords. Yeah. Well, I think that if you look at the way they did Hellfire and the Hellfire Raid and, and Tanan, Tanan Jungle, I think there's definitely a case of Argus being a situation of them having learned from those mistakes. Because yeah. one of the problems with Tanan Jungle was that it was out forever. Um, but that, that's that's the problem of them not having a new expansion for like almost a year after the release of their last patch, which was in of itself a short deal. So, you know, there's a lot to talk about there. But uh, one of the things about Antorus, I mean, I'm not going to – if you want to go see what the cinematic is, you have the ability to do so. The end cinematic came out today. Yeah, Someone keep it, the keep raid it, already. I was going to say, keep in mind that like the, the raid had been out for what, like maybe two hours or something like that? And somebody beat yeah. it on normal yeah. because, you know, normal mode, that's all but you need. still yeah. – that's the it unlocked it so so it's it's out if you want to see what it is it's out there i'm not going to talk about it i don't think that that's necessary for a show that's coming out the day of no we're going to talk about that on lore watch this weekend yeah (laughs) i will say this though i want to say um one of the things that the cinematic team the the in-game cinematic team has really they've always been good like from the from the first time they did the wrathgate but 
this expansion is the culmination of like a couple of years of them ramping it up every time. Yep. And this cinematic is, it, it actually has it surprisingly, that. it has some surprisingly personal touches in it and some really good voice acting. I, I want this much. I'll say, I wish I could have gotten the Velen Illidan buddy cop movie because they work so well together. And who saw that coming? Who saw a you Velen You didn't think that Illidan? that would be a thing, but it was a thing and it worked. Yeah. It yeah. works really well. Like the, the there's there's this like Riggs and Murtaugh vibe to the two of them. I don't know, man. It's just really good. Um, I will miss seeing the, these two characters uh, together. And I don't know. It just this was a really well done cinematic. I, I I really enjoyed it. I think it it did a really good job of setting up what's coming in the future of giving like closure to what we've had. And it's just gorgeous. It's just beautiful. Um, so there's, yeah. Um... Yeah, I I don't want to spoil anything, I guess, but keep beware. Spoiler images are out there, like even just on um like just images on posts about things. Like just if you don't want any spoilers, it's going to be pretty hard to avoid because um, something happens after the cinematic, kind of like with Argus in the sky, and yeah, those we, are going we, around. We tried really hard in our post about it to use an old image so that it wouldn't be spoilery for the newest content. So. If you do want the spoilers, the posts are out there. But if you want to avoid them, that's cool. I understand wanting to avoid them. It's kind of hard for us. We sort of have to look at this stuff. You know, it's it's our job. But yeah, it's the Raiden. It seems to be a really good. I don't want to say encapsulation, but like a good summary, a good a good fitting end to this expansion. Um, they did a really good job of tying it all together, and I'm really excited to get to actually raid it. That would be nice. You know. It's, to getting to actually, you know, I might actually get to raid. Uh, my my current guild is actually talking about doing some raiding, so I may actually get to do some normal mode raiding, and I'm looking forward to it. As much as my eyes make it really hard for me to do anything, I still want to get in there and get to see as much of it as I can. But yeah, that's so yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like bummed a little bit on their choice for release schedule. Mostly because everybody's talking about, oh, Antorus is so great. We've gone in there. Da, 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 da. You know, there's all the stuff going on and all the excitement. But Wing 1 of LFR doesn't come out until like next week. And then it's going to be every two weeks. Yeah. 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 And then it's every two weeks. And, and I mean, like I, under- or something for I the understand final the wing, delay, like, like the delay in the release of Wings. That's fine. I have no problem with that. I just wish that Wing 1 of LFR came out on the same day as the raid so that people like me who don't have a guild necessarily or don't do like regular raiding anymore could kind of share in at least a little of the excitement and get inside and look around and stuff although thinking on it though i mean there is it would be it would quests. be it would be just like yakety sacks all over the place with people trying to figure out what the heck to do but at the yeah. same time it'd be kind of fun you know there's like a little uh mini cinematic i think too for like the opening of antorus which everybody there is yeah you go in and you have to fire the the little gun thing that you put on on um fire in the laser oh my gosh i can't remember the name vindicar the the vindicar yeah the little the little thing that you installed on the vindicar you have to shoot the side of the thing to open the way into antorus which is great and everything and then um if you haven't done that you need to go do that you need to go do that quest because I think the next quest in the chain is the one that's like, hey, if you go beat Antorus, you can get your legendary doodad thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and you'll want your legendary doodad thing. Another thing I'll say about the cinematic is, and this was kind of pointed out, uh, I forget who exactly, Moogle, Russ, Peterson. Just don't, just don't spoil. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not yeah. spoiling anything. But, um, there, were, there were a lot of things at BlizzCon that the developers sort of had to talk around because uh, some of what happens in Battle for Azeroth it's explained by the cinematic in a way. So if you were left with any questions, um, the cinematic might answer those, possibly. At least a little bit. You know, or just, you know, I just unspoiled. love the fact that, that, like, he said that they had to, like, deliberately figure out how they were going to deliver all of that information without spoiling the cinematic that hadn't come out yeah. yet. Which yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's a creative challenge. <laughs> they did a good <laughs> job with it. They really did. No, it so. Did. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, and Taurus is out. And, yeah, we're trying really hard not to spoil things for you guys. So, yeah, there's not a ton to say other than go get into there as soon as you can. And because... if you want, you know, spoiler reactions to the cinematic and all that other stuff and a deep dive into the lore behind it, that'll be Lore Watch this week. So, 
Yeah, and we did do a post on the site if you want to mm-hmm. go and comment on it right now. There's a post where it's spoiler territory, and you can spoil as much as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say this, though. Use a spoiler tag, though. Yeah, but I will say this much. Um, one complaint I've seen about this, this cinematic is that it's the physics of it don't make sense, to which I'm going to respond the way I always do. If your biggest problem with a World of Warcraft anything is the physics, then I don't know what you're looking for. <laughs> this is a game where like my my warrior can carry around two swords each bigger than she is and jump 30 feet in the air to come down on somebody with both of them. Uh, Isn't your warrior a giant ambulatory cow too or no? Well, one is, of them is. Okay. Is, is one this of along the is. lines of like why doesn't having Argus there like affect the titles? Yeah, because is, is it that line yeah. of physics? Kind of like that, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's just it guys, come on. I mean, you know, more power to you for noticing that sort of thing, but don't expect it to make sense. Well, Just matter, imagine Cadgar he... waving his fingers like spirit fingers and going, it's magic. And then he gives you a thumbs up. And that's just how World of Warcraft works. The end. Yeah. For that matter, I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, guys, if, you, if you're looking for like, you know, a, a reasonable and totally physically accurate representation of things, then the mage class ruins the game for you because everything they do, <laughs> they make food out of nothing. They can just teleport last distances. They can they can lock themselves in a block of ice without getting hypothermia. I mean, come on, guys. So, yeah. Um, also, not this week, but, you know, last week was Thanksgiving, so some stuff we're going to have to catch up on. Moira is now live in uh, Overwatch. Yes. And that means you can go and play her, uh, which... You know, go go do dress up like David Bowie for Christ's sake. It's pretty awesome. I don't know what else people, to tell you. People are enjoying Moira. I think that she's actually been received well. I still have questions like lore wise regarding her, but those aren't anything that are going to be answered anytime soon. Um, but yeah, she's playable. People can play her now. You can play her. Yeah, go play her in game, and you can go play. Um, isn't is Blizzard World? It's Is on it, the PTR. It's on the PTR. Okay, so it's not live in game yet. That's probably going to be no. Next they week mentioned or two. early. No, they mentioned early 2018 for that one. I'm not going to be oh, happy yeah, with right. Blizzard World. I'm not going to be happy with Blizzard World until such time as I can actually go to a Blizzard World theme park at this point. Right. I I actually I've seen some interesting gifts come out of like people playing Blizzard World on the PTR, and I think my favorite one so far has been um, somebody was demonstrating the graviton shark ride. <laughs> Oh God! And it was it was like the the this big shark was hanging off the edge of like one of the docks there at Blizzard World, and somebody playing um oh my gosh names are just failing me today Zarya somebody playing Zarya did the whole graviton thing where you pull people in, <laughs> and they she <laughs> they pulled these players into the shark which then propelled the shark to go in circles sort of like when you play um oh gosh what's that one game that you play with the ball and tetherball right so it's like the shark is swinging around like tetherball and then everybody once the graviton thing like pops off everybody falls off the shark into the water and dies And I was like, oh my God. this map is going to be a thing of beauty when it goes live. That's why I was wondering if it had gone live yet. But yeah, you're right. They said early yeah. early 2018 for that one, which makes me sad because it's going to be a really cool map once it comes out. And I kind of want to see it now. Um, Mitch, I had a question for you. No. Because you're more into heroes than either Rossi or myself. And there oh, was you're like, talk about that? Yeah, it's okay. yeah, there it's was a whole it. batch of support hero changes that were released oh yeah so what uh, is up with that exactly support apocalypse yeah what, um, what happened here i have to I, I haven't had a chance to look at the dev commentary but a lot of people were saying that it was a goal to kill double support comps basically what happened was supports not only had their healing and health reduced so they're a lot squishier and can do less healing Uh, They also got most, if not all, of their damaging capabilities taken away. So, like... So, what good are they? um, uh, They're good as pure healers, I guess. Ooh. It it was weird, because... Ooh, that sounds not good. Because the changes came out um, as, like, a, hey, here's today's hotfixes, with with no real heads-up or dev commentary, which... The dev commentary did come out a couple hours later, but usually with Heroes posts, they're really good about including them in the patch notes. 
Um, yeah, it's. I've seen two schools of thoughts. One is, um, oh, this will kill double support comps because now you won't be able to also lane clear with two powerful supports and heal with them. You know, best of both worlds on two different characters. The other one is for like highly skilled coordinated comps. Um, you can still do double support. It just will take more coordination. And I, I don't know how to feel about this yet. It. I think they went overboard. Um, so all of these hey, changes are Lindley. live in game currently. Yeah, I believe so. I think they were with today's. They went live. Yeah, they 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 went live with today's update. I'm assuming. Yeah, um, which is also weird because the PTR is still Hanzo's on it now. By the way, I think as of today or yesterday, Hanzo is oh, officially people can playable. Play him on there now. Yeah, before it could be done in try mode. Now he can actually be played. Um, okay. But I was surprised because you know the. The 2018 changes went live on the BTR last week, and Hanzo went live this week, but this whole big support nerf was just uh, out of nowhere, kind of. And I think it's something they've been talking about. Um, let's see. So they, they do have, yeah, we are mostly trying to move away from the duller, double healer team compositions that are seeing so commonly. Like everything, it's okay in moderation. We just don't want this to be a common strategy that doesn't care about map, enemy composition, etc. cetera. Uh, yeah, so there, there is a big uh, explanation about it. But that's the short version, is that they wanted to kill double support comps. But they are still okay with those double supports where it's like characters like Tassadar or Medivh or whatever that don't work as like a solo healer. They're okay with that, right? Yeah. As they said, it's, at least in the, in the blue post, they did say that. I think Tyrande yeah, is another it's more, one Yeah. Well, Tyrande, Alex was saying Tyrande got hit with the nerf all the same, even though she basically has one instant heal that doesn't do much. Yeah. Um, which it seems like they'll have to revisit some of these heroes because it was pretty much a blanket support nerf and some of the supports like Tyrande aren't really pure supports. Um, I mean, it also had to it's... do with, it also had to do with the armor system, um, which they introduced, a, was it really a year ago? Holy crap. Uh, but we're the old armor Mitch. System, <laughs> I, I know, but it, it reduces like it, there's spell armor and armor, armor, spell armor, physical armor, and then armor, armor. Armor armor is basically the same thing as spell and physical combined, but it reduces damage taken by a flat percentage. And a lot of healers, I think, started providing that. It's again, the the blue post is giant. So go check it out if you have a second and want to really get in depth. But I'm I don't know. I, I'm Would you say for... I mean I'm thinking that probably in the long run it's better that they did all of this all at once rather yes. than hitting one or two healers at a time with really, and then like, I mean, I guess it's a good thing that they made it like that blanket change because then they can do the adjustments that they need to do if they need to do any to everybody all at once. Yeah, and I, again, I was, I give kudos to the Heroes team for being willing to make the sort of changes that they do. Um, I was more surprised that this kind of came out of nowhere. Like, they have talked about it in the past, you know, when they introduced armor that they wanted to change support healers, but it just... Um, I don't know. I, I people were freaking out about supports on Twitter before, like Heroes Twitter account had actually tweeted it because the the blue post was up, but nothing had been tweeted about it. Um, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, support apocalypse or whatever they were calling it." And I was like, "What the heck is going on?" And then I looked, and I was like, "Oh, holy crap! They weren't kidding." It was um, a very, very substantial list of changes. Yeah, um, but they are definitely going to continue tweaking things. And the 2018 update is going to change a lot of the map times, too. Like, the uh, the map objectives are going to spawn later into the game for a lot of them. And it feels like matches might go on longer. And I don't know if the support nerf will affect any of that. Like, having fewer supports will mean people die faster, which means you snowball on levels a little... Not snowball, but level a little faster, which will counter... The maps, Do you think the some mechanic? of this, some of the, some of this was actually done in anticipation of what they're going to be doing with the game? I'm, in I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure some of it was done with that in mind because the 2018 updates are going to be pretty big. Because those are going to be pretty to substantial too. Yeah, and uh, map objectives. Okay. So I, I'm thinking that, and again, I have to check out the full blue post and kind of dissect it. But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm kind of surprised they did this right before the holidays, um, but I guess. It's better to do it now before HGC starts up in earnest, which yeah. usually happens like January, February-ish. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so if you play a support, um, sorry. <laughs> Spend your holiday break 
it, learning, learning, it was, learning all the changes and figuring out how to work it, with those. It, it was actually really funny. This is anecdotal, but there was a, a post on Reddit yesterday that popped up like five hours before the nerfs. It was like, I just love supports in this game. Like supporting has never felt so fun in any other MOBA. And they just went on and on about like how much they love supports. And then, <laughs> and then the nerfs went out and someone's like, you may need to take a big drink before you take a look at the patch notes. <laughs> and it was just like the, they jinxed the poster, it. They the jinxed like, everything. Which <laughs> was like, sorry, I think I cursed us all. <laughs> I just love supports. It was just great timing. But yeah, um, yeah, support apocalypse. Check that Alrighty. out. Well, uh, at this point, I think we're going to move on to some emails. Uh, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line, so we know it's for the show. Um, and usually reason for us, but um. You have something to read for us first, Dan? Yeah, actually, if you enjoy our show, you should consider checking out Munchpack. That's M-U-N-C-H-P-A-K at blizzardwatch.com slash munchpack. And that's an, it's another one of those subscription site things where you sign up and they'll send you bits and pieces of various things. Munchpack is it's a selection of snacks from around the world. So you get basically you get snacks from everywhere like different countries and things like that it's not just hey these are weird things on the market like with the gusta box um a few of the items from the sample pack that we received include included like french bonbons sea salt and malt and vinegar crisps from the uk there was uh roast busters coffee from the coffee shop of horrors in orlando a teddy bear snack cake from poland and then my favorite there was a can of romulan ale in there and I'm not saying that because I like Romulan ale. I'm saying that because I'm a gigantic nerd. So anyway, uh, they also provide gifting options. So if you're looking for something unique for you know anybody on your shopping list and you don't quite know what to get them, get them something weird. Weirdness is always appreciated. You can check them out at blizzardwatch.com slash munchpack. That's, again, it's M-U-N-C-H-P-A-K. And emails. Let's go ahead and move into the emails here. Uh, our fe- first email is from Uthos who says, what allied race would you like to see added to the game? I would love to see Minari Eridar added to the Horde and Stromgard Undead added to the Alliance. Those are some, uh, those are some crazy, (laughs) crazy suggestions. Anyway, uh, what do you guys think? Allied races, what do you want to see? Rossi, go. No, you go. Arakoa. For who? I don't, I don't care. I just want to see Arakoa added. Um, I'd be, I like both kinds of Arakoa, the broken and the not broken. I don't remember what the cursed. Both kinds. Um, I can see the Alliance getting the pretty ones and the Horde getting the broken ones. I don't care which side gets what. I would just love to see Arakoa, one or both. Um, yeah, that's that's my pick. They're beautiful. Uh, if not them, Tuscar. Because okay. uh, good I've hunting. Kind of, yeah, I've been pulling for Vrykul for like, geez, it's been like seven years at this point. Eight years. When did when did Wrath come out? Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand nine. Yeah, so Somewhere in it's there, been yeah. it's been eight years. I've been pulling for Vrykul. I think it's time I think for it was, Vrykul. No, it was two thousand eight. Yeah, so Vrykul. I want them. Um, I would totally like it if they did something like Cavaldier to the Horde and non Cavaldier to the Alliance. That would be cool. Uh, other than them. I can think of tons, but that's the problem. Like, there's just so many. Like, one of the we we just got done talking about how we weren't going to say nice things about warlords, but one of the things I loved about warlords was the the kind of pseudo Roman ogres. Yes, because oh, they yeah. were like because they had like this society and they had like the guys with the armor and they were like real. Like, I would love to see them as a, as an allied race. Um, I think they would be great. Uh, especially, we'd love it if that armor came into the game and you could actually get it because they, their armor and weapons were really cool. Well, so yeah, I could totally see them. It's pretty awesome too. Like I love that whole area of Nagrand. Royal Payday in the chat channel is shrieking in all caps. Ethereals, which I also yeah. I think the player base is shrieking that. Yeah, um, I have an off the wall suggestion <laughs> that should not be taken seriously, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. Um, you know when you go to Sholazar Basin and there's like the Frenzy Heart and the Oracles? Yeah, I could see them. Yeah, I, I I would love to have them as allied races just because I think they'd be fun. Who would get what? Um, I don't know. I think that the Wolvar, like the Frenzy Heart, the Wolvar would probably gravitate towards the Horde and the Oracles would gravitate towards the Alliance. I, I do. I like the Oracles a lot better, but I with do the agree shinies with that. And the, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, I just I want to I want to see them join up as allied races, mainly because not not because I think that this is like a realistic expectation or anything, but because I'm imagining in my head the um, gathered leaders of the alliance and the horde being approached by one of these puny little things, going "Me fight for you now," <laughs> which <laughs> just the reaction is sort of what the um, the monkey folk what are what are the name the hosen, hosen? Uh, the hosen yeah it's sort of what they did and the horde's like eh let's the give gin, them the explosives gin, the jinyu and the hosen would also like that would be a viable suggestion yeah there's a lot of suggestions. See, here's a problem though Eric, we Eric already got the, the first one that jumps hosen. to mind the problem with that though is we already have the jinyu and the hosen having like the wolvar and the gorlock join the way that you just suggested means the alliance gets two group of fish people <laughs> And the horde gets two groups of like like smelly fur people. It's like, could we switch this up a Way little bit? Way to follow the stereotype, horde. <laughs> Why don't we have all the fish people over here? I don't know, but it still sounds like a good idea, anyway. All right. So our next email is from Alf, who says, "Hello, watchers. My very first question for the podcast. Da 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 da. Congrats for answering it. Um, they said since Classic World of Warcraft was announced." It got me wondering, what's your fondest memory playing vanilla World of Warcraft? You know, I think we kind of talked about this a little bit last week. I mean, we talked a little bit about Classic WoW. We talked a lot about Classic WoW last week. I don't know if I was listing my fa- my fondest memories so much as I was listing, like, you know, disasters. So the, yeah, but the thing is, is, like, the disasters were almost well, kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fondest memories, you guys, go. Well, I'm not going to list. I'm not going to list my fondest one because I mentioned it last week, and that you know, the, my wife and I got married. Like we, I proposed Aww. and stuff. I'm not going to talk about that one, but I will say there's one memory that got me my job back when we were working for a different site. The very first article I wrote for said site was about this raid. It was my first raid tanking for my my guild. We we were doing molten core and anixia, and we did molten core, and I had a set of gear that I used for, for fire resistance DPS when I wasn't tanking. So we went in and did molten core. I, I got a new piece. So I had to redo back then. They didn't have like the wardrobe. You had to have add-ons to do this to like manage your uniforms. There was like outfitter and so forth. Went into the bank after we did molten core on my way to get my uh, Anixia. We were, we were getting the Anixia scales to get Anixia cloaks for people. So I went back to the bank and I put some stuff away and I, I hit the button to switch my outfit to, my dps set for some reason i don't know why i did it then i closed the bank and left it wasn't until we get to anixia and we decided to break up into two groups and we'll, we do two 20 man groups doing two different anixias to, to maximize how much gear people get and to increase the amount of scales we can get and how many cloaks we can make and so yeah that's fine we can handle anixia with 20 people that's not a problem so i go in there and i'm getting ready to tanker and i go to put my fire resist gear on and I left all my fire resist gear in the bank because the, keep, the add-ons. Keep in mind that there which, was no mobile bank at all. No, nothing like that. The, Actually, the, the, the only bank was either in Orgrimmar or Ironforge. Yeah. So the, the or the, the goblin cities. Switched, the goblin cities yeah. had them at the beginning, I think. But yeah, the add-on switched my stuff into the bank and left it there. So I only had oh, my no. my GPS gear. Um, I didn't even have a shield or a sword on me at this point because all that had gone into the bank. I had Sulphuros and a bunch of DPS gear. I say this to the group thinking, oh, they'll get somebody else to tank. They're like, ah, tank it anyway. <laughs> so Tank I it tanked, anyway? <laughs> I tanked Anixia in Berserker stance using Sulphuros while my raid just kind of healed me through it. Good job, bucko. And that was, that's one of my favorite moments just because of the sheer insanity of it. The, the heal lead was like literally, finally, I'm going to actually have to work to keep you up. And sure enough, afterwards, wow, I really did have to work to keep you up. I was like, yeah, yeah I had no fire resistance and no, no parry or dodge or defense. What did you think was going to happen? About what happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> apparently, one of the paladins had just decided nothing. He's not going to die. I don't care. And just bomb healed me through it. Like just because back then paladin heals were like, you know small explosions going off so yeah but that's one of my favorite just because when i wrote about that that's the first post i ever wrote for the uh, other site that we used to work for the very first one i ever wrote was about that experience so it's one of my favorites okay mitch what about you i don't know if i have a specific experience like i have a ton that i really like from vanilla um my favorite activity in vanilla though and i, I know i've mentioned this millions of times but 
I love the wall walking that you could do because you could explore all the areas and see just shortcuts is is kind of dismissive of it because I mean that's just sort of how gaming was back then. Um, but there were shortcuts in in design that Blizzard took to make the zones look complete, which is why flying was a huge deal and needed the rework. But you could wall walk back in the game. You could get underneath Orgrimmar, underneath Stormwind, and like it's just I don't know how many hours I spent doing that. But it was it was just so much fun uh, seeing stuff that wasn't done. Um, I used to go into Hyjal all the time, which you can sort of see what it would have looked like uh, if you go into the Hyjal raid because it still uses the like assets that were in vanilla. Um, there was uh, what was the other? One? Oh, Caverns of Time wasn't out, and I remember it was a huge mystery, like what the heck Caverns of Time was going to be about. Um, and you could find your way in there with wall walking. And I just, I spent so many hours exploring in vanilla with wall walking. And I, it's one of the things I miss the most about the game. And again, I've said it before. It's also one of the reasons I really love demon hunters and kind of fell in love with them a bit in the, uh, beta because they could sort of do that with their double jumps and stuff. They could explore a lot more. So yeah, I, I did not wall walk so much as accidentally my way into places. <laughs> so my first I was going to actually talk about the whole exploration aspect because I was really into that when I when I was playing my first character which was my druid um, I got too close to the entrance of the caverns of time and there was I believe there was a dragon there anyway, yes there there was one that was occasionally out front. Like, yeah, occasionally well, or always out front. Well, yeah. I went I went up to say hello to it because I was like, oh, look, a cool thing that I can kill. And it promptly, like, hit me, like, one shot. I fell over. was like, oops. So um, I went back to go get my body. And when I went to go back to get my body, I realized that you could get through the sealed gateway as a ghost. Yeah, Like, you right. could go right through the door and you could res on the other side. So I did that because I was like what's in here this is weird um, and that was my first experience with the caverns of time I, I still the, have screenshots I still have oh, screenshots I, I too, from yeah. running in um, it looked very different it doesn't look the whole floor disappeared it, it it doesn't look a whole lot different the, the center area does the, hourglass. the center area does yeah because the hourglass is completely different and then obviously you know more areas have been added over the years yeah, initially Three, I think. Well, Old no, Hills, and Brad, uh, Black Morass. Yeah, there was there was like spots for it, but they didn't go anywhere. There were just tunnels that didn't go anywhere. Nothing was nothing. Obviously, yeah, they had there was the nothing instance, in there. I think they had the instance portals, but you couldn't actually. They didn't go anywhere because I remember Old Hills, Brad, and Black Morass no, were in the game files back, back when then. I back when I did it. There weren't even instance portals. It was just okay. no. There was. I remember going in there and like there was nothing. It was. The, they were yeah. in the game files, though. Old Hillsbrad was. Yeah, they were um, in in the in the old but, game files, yeah. but like some of the other stuff that I did, um, Hydral was one of those things. Uh, I used to, <laughs> I used to prank people by taking them up mm -hmm. to Hydral, and actually, like one of my favorite memories was me being a jerk. <laughs> I wasn't being a jerk. I was just pulling a prank, right? Okay, so oh, yeah. I, just a prank, bro. I was with I was with this um, guild, and we were mostly focused on PvP. Like everybody in the guild was very much about grinding the honor system and things like that. I didn't care about that. I had just gotten off a long stint of like hardcore forty man raiding, and I was looking for something new to do. So uh, PvP fit the bill. Like Warsong Gulch was just my favorite. Oh, I love that. Um, one of the guys in my guild, I was talking about the places that I'd found while I was exploring. And this was after I had stopped playing the druid and I was playing an undead priest. And I was like, yeah, you can get in all kinds of weird places. He's like, really? Show me where. So we're all on vent and we're talking and I'm like, yeah, let me take you let me take you up to Hyjal. So we go up on Hyjal, right? And there's this one spot in Hyjal. You can, there's something similar to it right now. The, because the jump to Aberdeen? Yeah, where Layara is. If you, yes. if you play through Hyjal. I... I took him up to that point in the old instance. This was before any of the new Hyjal even existed. And I said, see, see the spot right here? It's really cool because there's like invisible walls all over the place up there, but you can like <laughs> jump over them and stuff. And he goes, oh, okay. I said, see, hang on. And so I taught him how to jump up because you have to like jump up a wall yeah. and then jump over the invisible wall. And I told him, I'm like, turn around and run back into it. You see how it's invisible there? He goes, yeah, yeah, I see it. I said, okay, so there's a spot up here where there's like a series of invisible planes and you can slide down them all the way to Darkshore. 
he goes, wow, that's really cool. I'm like, yeah, you just have to hit it just right. So come on, I'll show you. He goes, okay. So I take him all the way up to the Layara spot, right? And he's like, he's like really excited about this. I said, okay, now you need to mount up because it's kind of a long jump. He's like, okay, he mounts up. I'm like, now angle yourself just like you're, I'm, 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 angling myself okay he goes yeah okay I got it I'm like okay now just run straight forward and as you hit the edge I need you to jump out and you should hit the plane and slide he goes okay <laughs> he runs he jumps I hit him with mind vision because I just want to see this right and then he plummets to his death <laughs> so bad and there's this moment of silence on vent and he goes I died I said oh he goes, I must not have hit it right. Hang on, I'll be right back oh. up. I'm like, okay. So like about half an hour later, <laughs> he's finally made his way back in. And I'm oh sitting here very quiet. And all of my guildmates, they're listening to this conversation, but it's dead silence. They've all got their microphones muted. And I'm getting a litany of whispers in game going, oh my God, I can't believe he's falling for it again. <laughs> I get him there. I line him up. And I'm like, okay, now go and jump. And I hit him with mind vision again. <laughs> and there's this long silence. And then he realizes, he realizes what I've done. Twice now, what I have done. And all I hear is this very quiet, I hate you, Anne. <laughs> wow. I think you've treated Brutal. everyone like Loghain. Yeah. Yep. It was fun. The, they used to pull pranks on each other all the time, though, because like, it was like a running thing in the guild where um, people, they, they had the login names for each other's accounts. Now, I never shared mine, but they would share each other's. So if one of them was like out on vacation for the week or whatever, but they were a tank, somebody else could log on and play the tank so we could actually do like 20-man whatever. Okay. Um, and typically what they would do is we would use them to tank and we would get through like ZG or whatever we were doing at the time. And then at the end of it all, they would take them up to high jaw, go to the tree, swim to the bottom of the impossible chasm underneath the tree. <laughs> but before they <laughs> did all out. this, they would, they would strip them naked, right? Like completely naked, no weapons, no nothing. And the only thing that they would leave in their bags was one water breathing potion in their last bag not the first one the last one they didn't even they, they deleted their people. hearthstone deleted their hearthstone so they couldn't get out. wow yeah and they would pull this kind of stuff all the time it was great i loved that guild i don't know where any of those guys are now but we had a really good time <laughs> but yeah that sounds awesome i i know the point you're talking about it, it looks kind of like a diving board to be honest um that yeah, that's, so would, that's what helped it. it. That's what helped sell it. I was like, you see how it looks like a branch that's just been broken off? Well, there's an invisible part. <sighs> Boy. Old times. They were so much fun. Okay. Let's answer this next email. Uh, this is from Eleftherios, who says, Hello, dear Ice Storm observers. I just read an article claiming Blizzard and Overwatch are the reason why nearly every publisher has now included loot boxes into their AAA games. Do you think that this is a fair assessment, or is Morheim right in claiming that they have the quote-unquote good system while everyone else implements loot boxes in bad ways? This is kind of something we want to talk about anyway, because, like... There's been a lot of stuff about was, loot boxes in. Was this all prompted by Battlefront Two? Like, a lot of it w came to a head with Battlefront Two. Yeah. Okay. Because I know for like a couple months back, Overwatch and maybe Hearthstone, Blizzard was supposed to reveal the odds of getting certain item. Like in, in China, the like they came out with laws that said like you have to reveal these. Um. So then Blizzard changed the way you got loot boxes. So it wasn't considered something you were buying. It was like you were buying the currency and the loot boxes were just like a bonus item, which meant you weren't paying for the loot boxes. So they didn't have to reveal it since it wasn't gambling on the loot boxes. You were so, buying like the that. currency to buy the loot boxes with along with whatever. Yes, else. that's what it was. Yeah, which kind of sounds shady. Um, a little bit. But that's loot boxes. Um as far as did Blizzard start this? Uh... Slowpoke points out in the chat channel that TF2 had loot boxes long before they were in Overwatch or Heroes. And yeah, I mean, loot boxes have been a thing for a while, like way before Blizzard ever implemented them. Yeah. And Blizzard, I mean, 
it's one of those cases where Blizzard kind of takes things that other games and companies have done and does them better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I don't know if Blizzard's system is perfect, but I personally I don't mind Blizzard's system. Uh, at least with Heroes and Overwatch, I think Hearthstone. Ironically, this... I was looking this up. Uh, I was looking this up just because the first known instance of a loot box system is believed to be the Chinese free-to-play game ZT Online. There we go. Released in 2007 by the Zingalu Network. Um, players in Asian countries typically do not have the funds to purchase full-cost titles and use internet cafes or PC bangs to play the games for free, so it was a part of that system, apparently. The Western regions, uh, it was Zynga, apparently, who's given credit for having popularized it. Um, mobile games, a lot of mobile games use that kind of thing, don't they? The first appearance of loot boxes in these regions was with Team Fortress 2 in September 2010, yeah. when Valve Corporation transitioned the game from a pay-once to a free-to-play title. So that's where it came in for the Western games. It's Team Fortress 2, Valve, 2010. But yeah, I, I think it would be disingenuous to argue that, that Overwatch hasn't made it popular. Yeah. Here's the I, thing, and Mitch, I know you were going to say Hearthstone. See, this is a conversation. It's odd because I don't usually have a lot of work-related conversations with my brother because he doesn't quite get what I do or what I write about. He, he just Internet plays dragons. He just plays video games every now and again, but he's not too invested in it, like the news behind it or anything like that. Yeah. However, even he has heard of this whole loot box thing, and he was asking me about it, and we were talking about it. So we we actually had like a lengthy discussion about something video game related. I was so pleased. But um, I know you were going to talk about Hearthstone, Mitch. I don't know if I consider Hearthstone a loot box type system because the thing is, is it's a collectible card game. And that's, I think Hearthstone kind of runs the same way that they all have, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I, I don't consider it a loot box. It's it's entirely separate from the Heroes and the Overwatch systems, which, yeah. again, I'm okay with those. I think Hearthstone, it does run like a card game. It runs like a physical card game. I know I've heard a lot of people, or at least I, one of my friends when Hearthstone first came out was like, well, I used to spend X amount on Magic the Gathering each month, you know, for tournaments and cards and all this stuff. Uh, as long it's as it's kind not of spending... the same thing, it's along the yeah, same line. Yeah, if I'm line. not spending more than that on Hearthstone, I'm okay with it. It's like um, it's like going to the store and going to any of those collectible card packs that you can get. I mean, World of War- Warcraft had the TCG for the longest time there, and you'd buy the card packs for it. It's just this is a digital purchase instead of a physical one. Yeah, and I I think maybe there's a degree of, like, holy crap, you can spend it a lot more easily mm-hmm. than if you were to go to a shop. Like, yeah, people have spent thousands on Hearthstone, um, which, again, they do with real card physical cards, not real. Um, I, Hearthstone, I think, I, I classify it differently, not because I think it's a loot box, but because I think it's the one Blizzard model where people are spending a ton of money on stuff that does kind of further them in the card game it benefits your game but the thing is is that's part of the game design like that's yeah. always been there since day one i, I there, think there was for a me... big discussion in the queue sorry real quick there was a big discussion in the queue over whether or not hearthstone was pay to win um no. and and a lot of people thought it was and a lot of people thought it wasn't and i think that's if you're not having that argument over overwatch and hearth heroes loot boxes which you can't because that's not how Here's they work. the thing about Hearthstone and the whole pay-to-win theory thing. You could have every card in the game, and you're still not going to win that game unless you know how to play it. Yeah. Unless you have some kind of skill in playing and choosing cards and choosing deck. There is no I win button in Hearthstone. There just isn't. Um, so some cards I make don't... it easier. But, it it does, know, yeah, it does. It, certain decks make it a little bit easier. Certain decks are more popular than others. Certain cards are more popular than others. But does it mean that you can't beat anybody if you don't have that card? No. You can still beat people. You just have to find ways around it. And they've been very good about keeping it balanced to the point where there are counters, like multiple counters for various cards. So I don't, yeah. I don't I think see that as a pay to win. I think we have to like mention one of the things Mitch was talking about um, that, you know, it's the way that heroes and overwatch do it. It's usually cosmetic items. Yeah. That's what I was going to say boxes. is that when you talk about the quote unquote good system, I think that the good system, I mean, it's cosmetic. There's nothing in there that you absolutely need in order to win the game. It's just to make your character look different or give you a different skin. Like, 
or a spray or a whatever, you know, a fun thing that you can use in the game that has absolutely no effect on the gameplay whatsoever. And I think that a lot of the problem that people were having with like Battlefront 2 was that the stuff it unlocked that you, heroes yeah it unlocked heroes and you could get like epic things i mean they changed it they went back and they changed it keep in mind and when they released battlefront 2 well no i mean they used to have like epic items in these loot boxes oh, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. removed that they, they like got rid of that because people were understandably really upset about this i mean it was kind of i think I don't remember which website it was, but somebody sat down and like did the math and did the calculations oh God, and insane. said, if you paid for the loot boxes, you would have a distinct, it was a pay to win situation and people were really upset about that. So they changed it, which was fine, but it's still one of those situations where it's like, if it's a loot box and it doesn't give you any kind of in-game advantage, I'm okay with that because it's your yeah. choice. I mean, if you want to look pretty or not, and that's just an aesthetic choice. That's not... I can't beat the game if I don't spend my real world money. Personally, so I, and I think that's where the line is for me. Yeah, personally, I like hero system the best. One because you have a huge pool of heroes. You get a loot box every time they level, every 5 levels. It's there's stuff for hero level 5, player level 5, hero level 10, 20 every 25 player levels. You get like epic and rare loot boxes to and distinguish from the away, others. They give away loot boxes like on Twitch Prime and stuff like that too. I mean, yeah. And with Heroes of the Storm, uh, the gold earning rate I think is reasonable. Um, whereas Hearthstone, I think the gold earning rate, which is the alternative to spending money, is fairly low. And the other thing I love about Heroes is that you can re-roll. When I go into Overwatch, which again I have no problem with Overwatch's system. I forget that it doesn't have the reroll option and it kind of throws me off. And I think if I had to rank them, I would say heroes is the best one because of the gold earning rate and two, because of the reroll system. Explain the reroll system for people that aren't familiar with it. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Um, When you open a loot box, you get four items, Uh, you know, like other games, they can be uncommon, rare, epic, or legendary. And you can reroll for a gold cost and gold is, earned by playing the game you have the daily quest you earn gold from which is your highest source um and then you have you know gold earned per match you can re-roll a chest if you don't like it so if you get four un four common items uh gray items essentially uh and you have them or you just want a chance at better loot you can re-roll for 250 gold uh if you still don't like what you have you can re-roll for 500 still don't like it re-roll for 750 um, so you essentially have four chances to get loot that you like. And, and even once if, you've rolled that 750, you're stuck with whatever comes up. Yes, but even if you have everything, you then get shards, which can be used to craft stuff, So, which is like credits in Overwatch. Um, rare and epic, I think just the epic loot boxes, the gold cost is slightly higher because it's a guaranteed epic. But all the same, if you don't like what you get in that first loot box, you can re-roll with currency that you earn by playing the game. Overwatch, if I get a ton of, like, if I get four sprays or, like, three sprays and a, a voice line or something, and I really wanted a skin, I don't have the option to reroll. And that's what I love about the hero system is that reroll option, honestly, because 250 is, like, I'm pretty sure almost all daily quests will reward at least 250 gold. Then one, there might be one that's 200 gold. If I get all grays, I will almost always reroll them because there's a good chance I'll get something better in the next one. And then if, if it's still really bad, then I have the option of re-rolling, but I don't have to. Yeah, um, I kind of wish Overwatch had that system. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the Overwatch system was before the Heroes system because Heroes introduced this with 2.0. But I'm, I'm kind of hoping that Overwatch will eventually go that route because it's just, it feels so much better having the option to re-roll, in my opinion, because especially with the holiday events, in Overwatch, it drives me crazy when I'm really after one thing and I spent all this time playing to get one loot box and that loot box has like nothing because it, it, it takes longer to level in that too. So, Rossi, I want to hear your yeah. thoughts on this. Well, I basically don't play any games that really involve loot boxes very much. Um, I play Diablo, which goes with a completely random drop thing. I play World of Warcraft. I occasionally dabble with heroes, but not to any real degree. Um, Heroes probably has the best system of ones I've experienced. I did, however, um, I was looking over the list of games that they added loot boxes to, and one of them surprised me. Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. Yep. They had actually added the loot boxes that were 
very much, you know, weapons and stuff. And I don't like that at all. Like, I don't like having to like try and get gear to make me a better player via loot boxes. That's not a, that's not a good feeling. Um, I think generally speaking, the way Blizzard has done it when it's relatively painless and doesn't affect gameplay is the way to go. Um, if you put in stuff that's cosmetic, completionists can spend money to try and get it or can play a lot and try and grind it that way to get it. It doesn't, it doesn't make the game any easier for you. I mean, you're not going to, you don't play a character in Overwatch better just because they have a jumpsuit now. Like, you know, David Bowie looking Moira is still just Moira. She doesn't have special attacks or anything. It's not, she's not better. She just looks better. So I think in general, I don't think, I don't know if we can really blame, I don't know. I do feel like it, it's, it's naive to not credit Overwatch with the explosive popularity of loot boxes. Like the reason that they're in everything is because of how popular Overwatch is. That's just a fact. Overwatch didn't invent them. Overwatch is hardly the only Blizzard game to use them. I think that Overwatch the way Overwatch yeah. implemented them made them really popular with people. I think, yeah, but it's the problem with that is the game developers are never going to look at all the nuances. That's leafy, especially when it's, let's be upfront, um, Electronic Arts is not interested in the, <laughs> the nuances of how other people do it. This is a, this is a straight what? up attempt to rip, to they, rip something they, off. They want to make money. That's what they're yeah. interested in is making yeah. money and they will do and whatever they, they thought, think they need to do to make that yeah. money. They thought they could, you know, come up with a way to get people to spend money and get a hero unlocked. And I understand it. Strictly speaking, it wasn't necessary, but it, it's one of the situations where you really could, the amount of time it took to do without cash was so onerous that, yeah, it was definitely a, a bad situation. Here's I think the problem in general, that if people I have... are going to rip off the Overwatch one, they should actually rip it off. Yeah, like really steal that model. Here's the problem I think that I have with like Battlefront Two is it's also, I mean, you have to pay for Battlefront Two. It's not a free to play game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you have to pay for Overwatch. It's not a free to play game. That's fine. Heroes is free to play. Heroes is free to play, and you can like buy, you know, the loot boxes with that. They'll give you new skins, things like that. Can you get a new hero altogether from the loot boxes, or no? You can. Um. It's I mean, I think I pretty, have at one point or another. It's pretty rare because I think, let me double check, I think most of the heroes are labeled as epic or legendary. I don't think yeah. there's any rare heroes. Yeah. Um, well, there's a couple of rare heroes. But for the most part, they're epic or legendary, which means their rates are pretty low. Uh, but you can get them from the loot boxes. And if you already have that hero, you get the shards, which means you can craft stuff. Yeah. So again, again, I, I really like the heroes system. But as far as like the difference between an Overwatch loot box and what they were proposing with Battlefront 2, that main difference was that Overwatch's loot boxes have never been about, oh, hey, this will give you an advantage in game. It's never been about that. And the other thing about Overwatch is that Overwatch has never said, oh, hey, you can't play this hero unless you unlock it or you get it somewhere. Like Everybody gets the hero day one of its release you don't have to unlock it or anything. It's just there and you can play it. Whereas Battlefront, I mean, the, the thing that got me too was it was like, okay, so Luke Skywalker, you could get Luke Skywalker, but you had to do like these really insanely popular characters from the Star Wars franchise. You could get them and you could play them, but only if you spend a certain amount of time trying to unlock them or you purchase them, you know, that kind of thing. You get them in a loot box or whatever. That's where people were having issues. Um, yeah, it would be like if Moira, you know, they, they announced Moira was going to be live in a game and you could have her if you spend 40 bucks. If you spend like 40 to $60 on loot boxes yeah. and open the right one and get her. No, that's not going to happen. So in that aspect, I mean, I don't think that there's such a thing as a quote unquote good loot box because they're all just trying to get you to spend your real world money on stuff that doesn't really have any effect in the real world. You're, you're buying a skin. You're buying a pretty thing for a video game that doesn't actually like none of this is physical. <laughs> you're trading, you're trading physical currency for something that's just out there on the internet, which feels yeah. a little weird to me, but then I have bought loot boxes before. So, you know, we, I, I can't, I don't have room to talk. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're running a little over, but the other point I wanted to make is that, you know how someone said it would be, it was distinctly pay to win and there was an advantage. The other math that was done was something like it, it would take like 2,000 some hours to 
farm that stuff without spending money. Like, the amount of time that you had to put into the game was absolutely ridiculous yeah. and unreasonable. And it was, it, was a, it was a lot of factors, but that's another thing that, you know, again, getting back to the Heroes versus Overwatch versus Hearthstone thing, um, the Heroes in-game rate of earning things feels fair to me, whereas spending that many hours just to catch up with someone who has spent money is not. Just plain pretty, and simple. Yeah, it's it's pretty balanced out with the Blizzard titles. I don't think that you could say that Blizzard and Overwatch are the reason that everybody's including loot boxes. I think what you can say is that people are looking at loot boxes and going, oh, people are willing to spend real world money on this stuff. Okay, what can we put in here to make people want to spend that money? And sometimes that gets a little ethically weird. But I don't think that Blizzard's ever propagated that kind of sentiment, really, with their titles, so... Okay, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably wrap it up here. Um, again, if you're looking for something unique to give to other people or even just get for yourself, consider checking out Munchpack. That's M-U-N-C-H-P-A-K. You can sign up for that at blizzardwatch.com slash munchpack. And every month you'll get a selection of snacks from all over the world. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzardwatch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ian. Um, again, if you have an email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line so we know it's for the show. Uh, I've been Matt. I've been hosting the show for you guys. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.